0: Hello and welcome to David Burkus Presents. I'm David Burkus, obviously. The episode you're about to listen to was recorded as a video first. And so you're gonna hear some musical interludes as well as some references to things you might not be able to see because this is just the audio. If you wanna watch the full video, you can go to youtube.com slash David burkus, but you will get just as much out of it listening as a podcast episode as well. Thank you so much for listening to David Burkus Presents. One more time, when do you have to motivate people to work and when should the work motivate them? When I was a kid, eight or nine years old, I was playing in the basement of our house and I found this duffel bag and it was full of plaques, of trophies of different awards. And they all had my dad's name on them. They were all awards and plaques and trophies that my dad had won at some point in his job. And I went up to him and I said, Dad, these are awesome. These are really cool plaques and awards. How come these are in a random duffel bag in the basement? What he told me is like, oh yeah, those mattered at one point, but they're not really that important anymore. So I don't hang them. And what I didn't realize at the time, that my dad's rejection of the duffel bag was basically the first rejection I'd ever seen extrinsic motivators at work. And it wasn't until I was older that I was gonna get to witness the same thing firsthand. Companies the world over use plaques, use trophies, use bonuses to try and get more out of their employees, to try and motivate them to work harder. And while we've had a conversation about extrinsic and intrinsic motivators, there's still not a lot of clarity around it. So we're gonna clarify that. We're gonna talk about extrinsic motivators, intrinsic motivators, when can you motivate people? And when do you have to trust that they're motivating themselves? And we're gonna talk about whether or not these trophies work. These aren't um, my dad's meaningless trophies, by the way. These are my meaningless trophies. So let's talk about extrinsic motivation first. We all think we know what this is. This is bonuses, this is award trips, this is recognition, this is trophies in a duffel bag. It is, but it's actually a much bigger category than you think. Extrinsic motivators, extrinsic motivation is any reason we do the work other than the work itself. Anything that we get from the work, anything that we're promised from the work, all of those things are extrinsic motivators. They are outside the work. We often think that what extrinsic means is outside the self, that's not really true. Extrinsic means outside the work itself, not the person. You might be internally motivated to do the work because you like the result, That's still a form of extrinsic motivation. Intrinsic motivation, on the other hand, is everything you do because you enjoy doing the activity. Every reason that you have for doing the activity. It's the love of the game. It's the love of the work. You do the work because it is internally satisfying because you enjoy the work. You would do it even if they don't pay you, hopefully, They pay you, but you would do it even if they don't pay you to do the work because you're enjoying doing it so much. You are intrinsically motivated to do it. Now we think that extrinsic motivation is really easy, right? We just dangle a carrot in front of somebody uh, and, and magically they'll do the work, or I guess conversely, sticks would also be an extrinsic motivator. We think that anytime we put forth a bonus, an incentive, a recognition plan, an award trip to Hawaii, that people are gonna be motivated to do the work. But that's, that's not really true. And we've known that actually for 50 plus years. Going back to the psychologist Victor Vroom, who developed what we call expectancy theory, where he gave us a three point test to judge whether or not an extrinsic motivator is actually gonna encourage someone to, to work. What he said is that for an extrinsic motivator, for an incentive compensation plan to actually motivate people, it needs to have three things in play. He called it expectancy, instrumentality, and valence. These are really fancy terms, and and I'm actually not going to use them because it gets a little confusing uh, to, to use those same terms. They're very, well, I guess they're 50 years ago terms. What he he means though is that in order for an award to work, first of all, I have to believe that working harder will achieve the outcome that's being rewarded, right? That if I put in the effort, I will get an increase in performance. I also have to believe that if I put in the effort, get the performance, that performance will lead to that reward. I have to trust that the organization will actually bonus me to get that outcome. it's not enough to just put in the work and achieve the thing I have to believe that you're actually going to give me that motivator and the last thing he said is that I actually have to desire the motivator. now that's a weird one right because we think like clearly everybody loves money everybody loves recognition but it's different different people have different extrinsic reasons that they put in the work and so a one-size-fits-all bonus plan for example probably fits no one. Now when we talk about intrinsic motivation, it it actually gets even harder. Um, A lot of people will ask the question, how do we um, increase intrinsic motivation? And, And the truth is, Well, the truth is you can't. There's not really a lot you can do to increase intrinsic motivation. Remember, extrinsic motivation is everything outside of the work. Intrinsic is the the work itself. Do you enjoy doing the work itself? And and if the job is not internally intrinsically enjoyable, there's not much you can do here, even though we know that intrinsic is arguably a better form of it. Now, there is something we can do to shape the, the job itself. Again, about 40, 50 years ago, a group of researchers came up with what they called job characteristics theory. And in job characteristics theory, they basically said there are five, and I hate that it's five, by the way, because three is really easy to remember. Five is a little bit difficult. Five different things that uh, allow for a job to be more intrinsically motivating. They said that a job had to have skill variety, meaning that you don't just do one repetitive thing over and over again, right? No wonder factory work making widgets on a conveyor line isn't seen as intrinsically motivating. The second one was task identity. You had to be able to see that your efforts, your different tasks, bundle, remember, because the first was skill variety, that your different tasks contributed to the larger whole, that you saw the end product that you were trying to produce or saw the result that the organization was trying to work for and you saw how your tasks were part of it. The third was task significance. You had to be able to see that your task was significant to the organization, that the work that you did helped other people or helped clients, helped somebody the work those were the first three now what they did is they took those three and they said that is multiplied by autonomy and feedback number four and five autonomy dealt with do i actually have a say in how i do the work am i given a sort of prescriptive do these things in these order all the time or am i given an objective and given some freedom to decide how i accomplish it where i do the work when i do the work all of these contribute to autonomy And the last one, number five, was feedback. Am I getting feedback on my performance? Am I able to get better because someone is is watching me, tracking me, helping me figure out when I'm being more successful and less successful so that I can get better in the task? Now, those five things made up the characteristics of an intrinsically motivating job. Skill variety, task identity, task significance, autonomy, and feedback. You may not be able to design an incentive compensation system, an extrinsic motivator, that increases motivation among employees to to work harder but you might be able to look at the job itself and say, how can we redesign this to increase autonomy? How can we put systems in place to increase feedback? What can we do to give people more skill variety? And what can we do to give people that task identity and task significance? Actually, one second. Task significance is pretty huge. We should talk about it on its own couch. Because I said earlier that you can't really increase intrinsic motivation the way you can with an incentive compensation scheme that increases extrinsic. And that's not entirely true, at least not anymore. For about the last 20 years, researchers, mostly, honestly, the mega professor Adam Grant, have been researching what they call pro-social motivation. But really, pro-social motivation is another way to look at task significance but it's a it's a form of motivation or motivational theory that says that people are motivated to do certain tasks not because they're intrinsically motivated not because we we love doing them but because we see how they help other people even if it's a an obnoxious task like working at a call center and smiling and dialing and asking for donations for university if we can see the end result of that how those donations help give scholarships to students who could otherwise not afford the university for example if we can see how our work helps other people then we're more motivated to do the work even if nothing else has changed so we look at intrinsic motivation we look at job characteristics theory and we think oh my gosh we have to redesign the entire organization and I mean, that may be true. If you've never really thought about this and you're still having people make widgets on an assembly line, there's probably some things you need to reconsider. But if we think about pro social motivation, then the big question about how do we increase motivation, maybe without designing a new extrinsic scheme, how do we increase intrinsic motivation? Then one of the things we can do is make sure people see the significance of their task. Make sure we're leveraging pro social motivation. Make sure we are sharing often, early on in people's job tenure and often afterwards, how their work helps other people, how their work helps the end customer, how their work helps their individual coworkers, make sure that we're sharing that recognition peer to peer wise, but also bringing in the beneficiaries of our work to hear from us. Okay, so that's a lot of different things to cover and I've made a total mess of my library, but I wanted to emphasize it for a couple different reasons. We can talk about extrinsic motivators and incentive compensation plans and what's wrong according to expectancy theory. And we can talk about job characteristics theory and we can redesign the entire organization both of those methods will work but they are all very intensive methods maybe there's an easier way if we leverage this pro-social motivation piece maybe people just need a clear and concise answer to the question who are we fighting for And, and if we do that maybe it's not a question of when we have to motivate people to work or when the work can motivate them maybe we just let the who motivate everybody to get to work Hey, thanks so much for listening to this episode. If you liked it, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. And while you're there, leave a rating and review because it helps share these messages with many, many more people. And if you really liked it and you wanna go deeper, then check out the amazing resources we have for you at davidberkus.com resources. Guaranteed there's something in there that'll help you or your team do your best work ever.